Hey, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Rhythm and Bay Podcast. As always, I am your host who does the most, Jasmine Ellis. And today, I am joined all the way from her closet, the dynamic culture curator from North Texas. She is just the coolest person in the world. Y'all give it up for Veronica Young. Hi. Wow, what an introduction. I need you to do all my intros. Because <laughs> I, I only have people I think are cool. Like, I don't know if you saw on Facebook when I was... <laughs> desperately looking for a guest but I, I was like mm, you're not cool you're not cool you're cool <laughs> yeah it kind of becomes like that you know getting picked last you know you're just sitting there we're just all waiting like is she gonna pick me is she gonna pick me <laughs> that was a fun Thank exercise you. because I've been trying to get these damn follows up you know I'm trying to get more subscribers and I was like oh y'all want to be on it but y'all don't listen because <laughs> I'm getting very bitter about not being as popular as Joe Rogan right now. I don't know how to feel about myself. Well, you know, he's only done about 17,000 episodes. So you've just got a little bit, a little bit more episodes to go. And then you'll be right up there with him. When you put it like that, it actually does give (laughs) me a lot of perspective. You know what I mean? I, I... I was not third lead on news radio 20 years ago. I have to give myself some grace. I like, I have to give myself some grace. Thank you for that. That actually really helped. Right. Yeah. And you know, just because he has a lot of content out there doesn't mean it's all quality. So you can sit here and keep making your quality content episodes and eventually you'll get there. Yeah. Suck on that. (laughs) We're the same height. Come fight me, bro. Um, (laughs) Please don't fight me. He's a, he's he's very strong off that horse tranquilizer or whatever else. Like I don't want to. I'm terrified. So B, what have you been up to these days? What is, what is, what's life looking like for you? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. You know, it's been a long time since I've like seen you in person even because, you know, this whole pause that we've had as well. So I haven't been able to like come and support you as much as I really want to, by the way, you're doing amazing things and I am a follower and a fan. So uh, first and foremost, Um, but yeah, I've been, you know, I just relaunched a show as well, just, you know, centered around the local music scene, Um, you know, Texas, North Texas, really deep Ellum, if I'm being real, Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the artists in and out and around there. So um, yeah, I just brought my show back. Um, I'm actually doing episode four will be up tomorrow. So I'm very, very low on the list. So you'll, it'll be Joe Rogan, then you, and then me, I'll be way, (laughs) way down here. Um, See, I love that you shine a light on the Deep Ellum music scene. For those of you who don't know, Deep Ellum is um, kind of, I don't want to call it like not a whole neighborhood, but it feels like just like three magical streets in downtown Dallas that are like kind of off the corner of it. And there's some of the best clubs in the country. And just, you're going to, you're going to walk it musically. It is amazing. You never know who you're about to see and where they're going to end up. And it's a, uh, now I will say comedy in Deep Ellum is kind of a hit and miss situation because people would rather see music. And so you'll right. be trying to tell jokes over the sound of a band, just like banging it out. Sometimes comedy in Deep Ellum works, you know, because you also get that, like, it's just, it's a really cool area of Dallas where people are just hungry to just see what's next, you know, like who are, who are some bands you're excited about or, or should, should I wait when we get into your playlist of your life? Are there some bands that you're just I mean, excited about want to tell us you about know now? What? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some bands that I'm excited about right now. Um, and, you know, like female rock groups, you know, like female-led bands right now are definitely hitting in Deep Ellum. And I got to give a big shout out to King Clam Band. It's a funny name. Uh, but female, you know, just rocker girls, you know, sounds like little Janis Joplin kind of, you know, grungy, I don't know, punk pop, you know. And I'm more of the punk, you know, pop kind of 
genre era whatever you want to call it um so a big shout out to them and i think they're doing big things and i think that there are a lot of bands down here that are capable of going national you know but it's just like something about deep ellum you know it's like kind of keeps them swirling around there you know and then every now and then some make it out <laughs> so yeah i think, I think this is also a weird time to gauge your your success in other places because it's just like every venue in the country like music venues were not built to be closed for an entire year so everyone's just trying yeah. to rebuild from there you know yeah it was definitely a big struggle um but i do find like right now man artists are just they're putting out a lot of music so you know i was able to create a playlist on my last episode and it was without even trying it was just a whole post-pandemic list of songs because all of these artists are writing and creating what they are feeling so of course all of the songs on that list just happen to be you know pandemic kind of related so some are like we're all gonna die and others are like it's gonna be okay so <laughs> just a good <laughs> good mix <laughs> sometimes you need a mixture of both those thought processes yeah. you know it's, it's important so yeah. um the i and by the way i was a. Uh, <laughs> so earlier before we started recording i was like oh i need a pillow so let me just tell oh, you yeah. how i got injured y'all this is so embarrassing so 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 embarrassing y'all i got um i started this like kind of health and fitness kick i'm trying to just move my body for the sake of moving it not with the implicit purpose of losing weight but just to feel good about myself but like as a person of size i have like this mind fuck about me where like i i want to be comfortable in my skin but then i'm also worried that other people are judging me so i i it's it's not good for me mentally when i'm in classes and i went to a pilates plus class and um have you have you ever heard of that are you familiar with this i've never heard of that but pilates so scares me for a lot of reasons but <laughs> go on which you're probably gonna justify pilates is fun it's like it's like different types of stretching that like manipulates your own body weight it's great it gets you sweating it's good pilates plus or the gersha method method is like there's this machine that you're on and the wheels and the levers and the pulleys of it you like have to it's really fun at first i went to a beginner's class and had a lot of fun and then i went to a second beginner's class and we were really focused on abs now granted and i i uh, to quote tiktok i girl bossed a bit too close to the sun that day because <laughs> I had a 5 a.m. flight back to L.A. from Dallas and I got off the plane and then two hours later was in a class and I shouldn't have done that. I should have drank water and slept, but I was like, I can do this. And so I was in the class and have you ever, you know, when you were in school and maybe you were struggling a little bit and the teacher didn't want to embarrass you and they give you that little tap, like, oh, go ahead, go ahead and you, you can go ahead and you don't have to fill this one out or like go, go ahead and log out for me, baby. You know, it was that several times. The sympathy. She, like, it's, it's okay. <laughs> she kept nicely trying to tell me like she'd be like, all right, class, if you're feeling more advanced, go ahead and do it on the upper bar. But if you need it lower, no shame that go ahead and move to the lower bar. And then she'd walk around and go, Jasmine, go ahead and move to the lower bar. And I'd be like, maybe she's, like, she's no, not I'm talking, talking to you. To me. Yeah. <laughs> she's not talking to me. And like, I know she can see my legs shaking and I tore a muscle in or two muscles in my abdomen, which is just so ironic because I'm chunky. I haven't seen my abs in 25 fucking years. How, <laughs> how did you manage to tear with so much insulation? How? So, um, literally my stomach has been feeling like it's been ripped open. Uh, today is the best I've been feeling. So it's like, if I sit upright, I just need like um, a, a pillow under my back and then one in front of me so I can like either lean into it or have the pillow against me to support me. But I can't, um, it, it's funny. You don't think you're using your stomach muscles that much, 
but yeah, it's um <laughs> yeah, and it's always funny to me because it. yeah, because when I I I always get workout injuries and 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 I do not have like a fit bod, you know, but I'm like always rocking a workout injury and it's like how? Like <laughs> how you don't even look like you work out why do you have so many that's how I feel people perceive me when I'm like yeah I injured it jogging and they're just kind of like looking at me up and down like you jog <laughs> okay yeah you know why is that the perception it should it would make sense that people who don't work out are the ones who get hurt working out because you have to get your body used to it I don't right. clearly I don't do this all right. all the time like yeah yeah I'm not trying to be like Miss Fitness, you know, 2021. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a little bit more fit. And yeah, that leads to injuries. I know. I know. So I'm mad at myself. Well, I'm mad at myself because better. I could have just done the more modified version and been safer. But yes. Uh, what's your preferred method, uh, workout of like workout method? What do you like to do? Well, you know, it, it's it's uh, along the same line. I was jo I was jogging. I started jogging, something I never thought that I would ever do in my life. And then I started it, and I was like, man, this is great. And then, you know, I was just and I was pushing myself, and I and I should have taken some time as well. And now I'm rocking a terrible knee injury that I don't know that's ever going to go away. And I can barely walk, and I can't even take a stair like without oh, no. you know yeah so now they're like you know I'm I, I don't know if I'll be able to jog again <laughs> I was oh, like no. whatever just I'll just eat ice cream and <laughs> just get it. No, I'm, I'm good I don't need my husband loves me it's fine I don't need to be fit ever again <laughs> Given up. That's it. I showed I showed my friend a video of what the cut because she was like, How did you hurt yourself? Because Pilates is mostly stretching. And I showed her a picture of the kind of Pilates I was doing, and she was like, Bitch, this is not for you. Who told you to sign up for this class? This is for people who do so much regular Pilates they get bored and they need to challenge themselves. Like Pilates Why you extreme. Why did you think you could start here? And I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to. Oh, man. I hope you get to feeling better, y'all. Please send your well wishes and your, um, you know, like any advice you have to Veronica. But uh, don't try to, like, sell her any bullshit. Uh, no, MLM yeah, yeah. powder, no. herbal life situations. None of that. None of that. I'll just, so I'll have you listened to the show prayers. before? Would you say, girl, I'm so yes. sorry. Oh, I said I'll collect the thoughts and prayers and everything. Just, you know, same for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thoughts and prayers are needed and ice packs um, are yes. needed as well. So have you listened to the show or checked out our format just yet? Yes, I did. And I'm actually really excited about the murder part because I don't yes! know if you are. Yeah. What you I don't know if I'm going to keep it up. I think this is going to I think I'm going to do a one season arc of murder. And then I mean, there's only so much murder in the music industry. There's only so much. Um, also. I've noticed there's kind of two continuous themes to murders in the music industry. Um if if it's someone who came from like 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 a hood or gang environment, then they get killed by someone from their old neighborhood, which is really sad. And then if it's someone who gets super super famous, they get killed by a fan, and that's scary. <laughs> so it gets scary, and that actually kind of brings me to today's topic. So I looked into it, and I was like, who do I think would have some experience and some feelings about this? And so I decided that we're going to talk about Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. Oh, yes. So Veronica, I'm assuming I'm you. You know, he died in 2004. So you you were obviously alive in 2004. Were you a fan <laughs> of Pantera? I was a fan of Pantera. I mean, that was like very much like my generation kind of, you know, rock. You know, rock and roll. And it's funny, you know, because my family is, you know, 
from Dallas. And so we, and if you know Dallas at all, you know, are you familiar with Pleasant Grove? Absolutely, PG. P PG, that's right, yeah. And so like, um, believe it or not, a bunch of, you know, Mexican vatos, my cousins and all that were like hardcore rock fans. So Pantera was definitely on the list, you know? Um, and that's like my uncles and like the younger ones. It wasn't like my grandpa wasn't listening to Pantera, but I definitely had um, a big influence with, with that. And they're, they're local, right? I think he was, they're from Dallas or Dallas band. That is so cool. In or fact, fun fact, yes, um, I went to Bowie High School. So I, that is actually a famous alumni of Bowie High School. Now they had a different campus. So the campus that he went to was uh, later became Workman Junior High. And um, the campus, so we never went to like this, obviously, and also this man was born in 64. So we weren't like alumni of the same year, but he was, uh, he was an alumni of James Bowie High School in Arlington, Texas. Um, so it's just, I grew up hearing about this, but I wasn't someone who like knew a ton of metal. Um, but I never knew like just the sad story of this particular murder. Now it's not an unsolved mystery, but it's something that a lot of people might not know about. So let's take you to an article from the December 30th issue of 2004 Rolling Stone. A young fan obsessed with heavy metals. Um, by the way, Veronica, as we go into this, if you like have any like thoughts or notes, I would love to know like what you heard at the time versus this article because that's always interesting. Like when we did uh, the Biggie episode, the article was the funniest thing in the entire world because it was like a rapper by the name of Christopher Wallace. Some may have known him. Like this article was written from the perspective that no one knew who Biggie was and he was just somebody, you know what I mean? And it's so funny to look at it. 25 years later and be like are you serious this is like, like what so it is interesting to find the way that like people who we think are icons when when journalists are writing for what they think is mainstream america the way they try to go okay so this like guy i know you don't know who he is but so and i mean articles about sam cook were kind of written with the same tone of like mm, interesting. somebody with a song so wild but yeah feel free to just pop in if you have any thoughts or questions as i go so a young fan obsessed with heavy metal shot with heavy metal shot and killed former Pantera guitarist Dimebag Daryl Abbott and three other people during a show by Damage Plan, Abbott's latest band. The tragedy took place on the evening of December 8th at the Al Rosa Villa nightclub in Columbus, Ohio. The shooter, Nathan Gale, age 25, was killed by a Columbus police officer minutes after the violence erupted. A stocky former Marine, Gale was reportedly upset that Pantera had broken up last year and may have blamed Abbott for the band's acrimonious split. The deaths came on the 24th anniversary of the murder of John Lennon. Wild. Did not know that. Wow. Part. Wow. And I have to say, when you were, you know, entering this, there was two things that I noted. Number one, uh, it was funny because you were almost like, oh, it's unfortunate there aren't enough murders in music for you to continue this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, unfortunately, there are not. I mean, you didn't say it, but it was kind of. <laughs> I can't really continue this. <laughs> look, look so. here's the thing is what I've noticed is like the reason why true crime is such a like a like it's so thriving is two really sad messed up things. Police fuck up and men kill their partners. And there just is an un there's an unending well of that in America. So there's just so many stories of like people I mean <laughs> Maybe there are more musician murders. Maybe the problem is, is like I'm looking at famous musicians, and if I just like get down further the well of like SoundCloud and YouTubers, like you know, maybe oh my gosh. maybe I need less famous musicians because I'm looking like way up here. Yeah, and I yeah, maybe yeah. found like the bar low enough. Low. Yeah. <laughs> 
Look, if you so, have a mixtape and you're now dead, please message me yeah. at rhythmandbay at gmail.com uh, and yeah. we will tell your story. Yeah. Um, so that was like the first thing that I noticed. But the second thing, you know, I was almost thinking you were going to bring up Selena because she was also killed by a fan. But, you know, I'll let you use that later if you haven't already but we um, did actually that oh, is a, an episode we covered with um vanessa gonzalez super hilarious uh latina comedian from the rio grande and we she's a huge she grew up as a huge fan of selena and of course was like yeah, devastated when she died and we talked about it's so interesting because yolanda i, I excuse me for not remembering the uh, yolanda Salazar. Mm, i don't want to yeah, speak salazar, salazar. Yeah. she is claiming that there's new evidence that proves she's innocent because like a pair of tennis shoes weren't included as evidence. Um, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She doesn't really have a leg to stand on and she was denied uh, an appeal to go to court. So I don't know. Right. I think they, I think they, they, that lady is, is, is curtains for her, but she will be released in two years, I believe. So wow. I'm, I'm honestly, if I was Yolanda, I'd want to stay in that jail. I me too. <laughs> or like be released to like, I don't know, uh, like, Alaska like like put me somewhere where yeah. no one's ever heard of Selena not in Texas <laughs> not yeah not in Texas. any not no not not we're, where you we're can not watch an H-E-B that has her cut like no. <laughs> like, no we are not over it this is like I'll tell you we were gonna do a Halloween theme party and it was like dead celebrities you know and so I was gonna go with Selena and my husband thought he would go as Yolanda as a joke and I was like no you will not no, you, you will not. not go as like I don't think so like I, and I'm offended that you even suggested that it's <laughs> like so long ago I'm like no sir <laughs> yeah no. yeah I can I can understand thinking that would be funny and be like nope <laughs> that's where I pull I drop, also no. just <laughs> I have I have a, I have a white husband you have a gringo husband so I can also yes. see me being yes. like <laughs> you don't understand like, you have no idea what you do, what you're saying you know right what I mean? now you, like, don't, you don't see the weight of this because it's not the, the impact isn't there you know what I mean right I'm like mm. right he didn't grow up with Selena like I did so you know it's like no and then Texas in general like no yeah so I, yeah so we we did not go down that road no way um but back to this one on Pantera yes. you know I remember hearing about this now at the time when when did was it you said 2004 2004 yeah so around that time I was in like a blackout bubble of you know babies and you know raising kids and like not really you know but I do remember hearing about it and um just thinking you know again here it's it's band breakups can really mess like a person up like and I'm actually doing a whole show on bands that broke up and like the feelings Mm. that we caught from it right and um so I can I mean, I'm not saying I can relate to a murderer, but some folks really do take it very personally when, you know, especially if they've been following you and it's just like, you know, if you're following someone who's writing a novel and then they kill the main character or someone that, you know, I mean, like people get crazy. Like, oh yeah. You see it erupt mm-hmm. all over Twitter on a TV show. You know, I never watched a single Game of Thrones, but I saw the way it was upsetting people's spirits. Something oh about gosh. some dragon lady dying. Like, <laughs> you know, know, and I didn't watch it either. <laughs> I didn't watch it either. And, and <laughs> Aren't you glad you're free of that? Aren't you glad you're free of the emotional labor that like, okay, so like. <laughs> 
Like, yes, I am, like, especially knowing how it ended. Like, I don't know how it ended, but I know how people reacted to the ending. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely not going to put myself through that now. They were livid. And I'm just like, I'm so glad I don't have to like live with that. Like, oh, no, I can't believe y'all ended my show this way. But it's like, that's the beauty of entertainment. And this is what I'm always joking about on the show, because as a comedian, we are the least respected entertainers. It's a fact. It is a fact. This is how I know we're the least respected entertainers, because when porn stars quit, they do comedy. Like, it's, <laughs> like when, it is when a child is, star can't get a role anymore, when nobody wants Eddie Munster or like rest in peace Screech to sign mm-hmm. any uh any any autographs anymore, they go to the comedy club. It is it is the start for a lot of people, and it's also the bottom. It is the way yes. you fall back down. Okay. <laughs> and oh my gosh, that's great. You don't hear about comedians getting murdered by fans that much. And I think it's because we just don't make that much of an impact. (laughs) I mean, the good part is like everyone feels attached to you. Like they think they could be your best friend, which is cool. But they also like, I I think that level of attainability is also really fun. And they're like, no, I could totally be friends with you or date you. You're not that good. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, they're like on your level. Looked at like gods and but it has yeah. very scary um very very uh, I don't, well, not ret- i don't know what the right word it has very scary effects because we it can does. see like i mean the this being on the 20 year anniversary of lennon's death is really wild wow Dang, that's a, 20 years already what, no oh no no it was the 2004 was the 20 uh, and like when 2004 the date that Dimebag right. Daryl was killed was the 20th anniversary of when Lennon was killed. So now that's been, let's see, it's 2022. Wow. So we're coming up on the 40 year anniversary. Wow. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so old. <laughs> oh, you, you know, no, my brain does like that too. Years. I don't think I of, old. when you say 20 years ago, I always think of the 80s. I don't think of, well, and when, that's what I, I thought. Yeah, I, the 80s was 20 years ago because it's 2002. It's not right. <laughs> because it's 2002 and I am 14. No, we that's are right. Not. Yeah, 2002. No. Uh, like, where yeah, did so all these I, decades come from after that? I was in high school when this happened. So I remember a lot of people who I went to high school, like being like really like who were big fans. Like it wasn't, it was kind of the outlier kids. Like mm-hmm. I was not goth or into metal but I was friends with all the metal kids because one thing we had in common is the metal kids their parents never picked them up on time either so at my school there was like if you were left at the school after 315 you had to be kicked off campus but we'd have to tell our parents like they're gonna kick us off and our parents would be like don't leave we'll come get you and so we would hide behind the band hall and there's like a because band students didn't get out till four because they had band practice after school. So it just became this like the band hall kids. We were kids who weren't in bands, whose parents wouldn't pick them up, who would just <laughs> hang out. So it was just me and these kids with those giant jinkos. And oh, like, yeah. we just like talk and laugh. And it was so funny because I was like very much like kind of I would have been popular, but I never knew when to shut up. So I was kind of an <laughs> asshole. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'm familiar <laughs> veronica who were you in high school what clique were you in oh my gosh i was the the dropout <laughs> i was the i got pregnant and i dropped out in the 10th grade girl that's who i was you know and my brother was actually mr popular and he was two years ahead of me so like my entire school life up to that point was always i was his sister 
that was mm. it. Like nobody knew my name. I was just like, oh, you're Miguel's sister. And he was basketball team, like football, like, you know, sports and, you know, uh, was, you know, could draw like, you know, it was just, you know, and was like dating all the girls. And, you know, he was Mr. Everything in high school. Um, and I was just like over here, like, whatever, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go drink some Boone's Farm and <laughs> listen to some music and pretend I'm a you know a grown adult which you know I've been adulting ever ever since let me tell you so you were cool see people like that yeah, don't I... know they were cool you were cool you were cool you you drank alcohol you were the cool girl's sister and then yes. you were like you had sex you were so cool <laughs> I never thought of it that way I'm gonna cut this little clip and send it straight to my mom so she knows <laughs> look mom I was actually just the cool kid that's all yeah like the that's what the like the cool because your brother was like cool and like the like it, think about like Greece. Your brother was Danny Zuko with a Letterman, and you were Danny Zuko in a leather jacket. You're right. Oh my God, you Greece referenced me. Like that's literally all I need. Like that that is it. You know, and the funny thing is though, I you know, and I joke with him all the time about this, but like he peaked in high school. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying those were his years, you know, and I'm like, I still had a whole lot, you know, after that, and I'm still going, you know, so, eh, you know, he, he he got to have that where the, you know, the popular card and all that stuff, but um, I think I won in the end. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, you can't be too cool in high school because then there's like nothing else to look forward to, you know? I right. love that. Exactly. Oh. So. I, uh, so let's let's take it back to the story, but yeah, I just wanted to give you like some <laughs> reference on... <laughs> basically it. the the cool the like the they weren't cool they were kind of losers not losers but the the metal kids in my high school who were really affected by this because i knew the name dimebag daryl because it was like it was a day of mourning when i was like a junior in high school so the other victims were 23 year old fan nathan bray damage plan crew member jeff mayhem thompson 40 and club employee aaron a halk age 29 abbott was known as an expressive guitarist who brought the fluid dynamics of Eddie Van Halen's technique to Pantera's much harder power groove thrash. One of the 90s most uncompromising metal acts, Pantera was also one of the most successful. During its 18-year career, the band sold more than 7 million records. According to SoundScan, in 1994's Far Beyond Driven entered the chart at number one and sold 1.4 million copies. That's the funny thing about metal is it always feels like an outlier, but it's huge. It's huge. It's just not... It's not what you hear on an elevator. <laughs> it's not what you're supposed to put on at a party unless everyone else also has on black eyeliner. But like right. so many people know metal. Like I, I mean, I learned yeah, Inner like Sandman from the movie Josie and the Pussycats, but I still, <laughs> do you remember Josie and the Pussycats? I do. Yeah. Vaguely. I mean, but yes, I do remember it. It is, you, you, you know, guys got to revisit it. It's on HBO Max. You've got to revisit it. It's so silly. It is a movie that's about subliminal advertising. And uh, there's a part where this boy band crashes in uh, <laughs> in a Metallica concert. Like they're, they're in a plane and it crashes. And he's like, they beat the shit out of everyone else. The only reason I survived is because I knew the words to Enter Sandman. And I was like, I should learn the words to Enter Sandman. I don't know when, you... <laughs> when this will and come up. <laughs> And it's right here. And now you're going to sing it for us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no, they sue me. Uh, you can, for, it's funny, for a show about music, we don't have the rights to music. So you literally can so, hum about seven. Every time I get a rap fan on here, they want to do full on bars. And I'm like, if you don't stop, DMX's estate is going to destroy me. I know you're in your group, well, but I need you to stop. 
Yeah, and that's why, you know, I do my show all around local music because I get permission from these artists directly. And so there's no copyright issue. So I can play music all I want as long as it's not, you know, Metallica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the, mm-hmm. if it's their music and they have the right to it, they're like, please talk about it. Please play it. Please. But no. Yeah, that's actually part of the reason why a lot of really popular sitcoms, um, particularly black sitcoms from the 90s, aren't on streaming services because they can't get the music rights to all the songs they use. Even though at the time, the bands appear in the episode. Like uh, Moesha was one that like just got on Netflix, but it was like people have been asking for it for like five or six years, but the bands didn't have the right to, it was weird. It's like they were allowed to use it at the time for promo, but streaming is new media and there's right. not legal ways to get them paid off of it. Money is funny when it comes to money. Music. Is money funny. is funny. And it's crazy because you would think like those shows would still somehow be able to do it or give more access, you know. And But if they can't do it, then we definitely can't do it, right? Like it's like that's just even more just or, you know, just justifying even more like why I don't play anything <laughs> other than a local artist that I can call, you know. Like, hey, can I I love your support of the local scene. Back to the murder. Now, here's what I think is really, really interesting. Let's talk about uh, Gail's last name, the guy who killed him. Gail stood Mm -hmm. six feet three and weighed more than 250 pounds. He wore thick glasses and a Columbus blue jacket, a hockey jersey over a hooded sweatshirt. So already a tacky gentleman. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I'm mean to the murderers on this show. I'm never nice (laughs) to them. Hey, man, why aren't you watching the show? A fan asked him. And he said, quote, I don't want to see no shitty local bands. So fuck this guy, right? What? Oh, hell yes. no. Yeah, this is an guy. exact quote from someone who was quoted for the article. And, he can, and then the fan said, you can at least go inside and stay warm. And he said, no, man, I'm going to wait for damage plans. So this man, he came to the show with an agenda, uh, which is really sad. Club manager Rick Cantella pegged Gail as a harmless hangers on, one with a tick without a ticket. He was just a crazy fan trying to talk to members of the band. One of my guys who helped set up the bands eventually told him to leave. So this this right here, I, I kind of hate to hear that because it sounds like they're very much used to people who don't know what's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Like a crazy fan can turn into a killer. So it's really sad. Sometimes it's like in the in the time period when these things don't happen all the time, you don't think about it. But now I would hope that bands are a little bit... Um, their people are a little looking out for them more. Instead, yeah. as Damage Plan took the stage, Gail jumped a six-foot-high fence and rushed into the club through a side door. Walking swiftly past pool tables and a bar in the sound booth, he reached the left side of the stage. Witnesses thought Gail, whose head was shaved, wanted to stage dive. It was about 90 seconds into the first song of the set, Damage Plan's new single, New Found Power. The dude was way determined, said Billy Payne, the singer of Volume Dealer, who saw Gail enter the club. He was on a mission. He looked angry. He was like walking like he was going into battle. Ooh, I, I mean, wow. That just gives yeah. me chills because, you know, if you're at a show like that, I mean, it's not unlikely to see someone dressed a certain way or to act a certain way. And then for something so horrible to happen, like, how do you ever trust again yes. <laughs> to go to and, a show? And so, much, and so much of this culture, like I remember like my my band club, my shout out to the, the band hall kids, like explaining to me that like, no, a mosh pit is where you like, you get it all out. Like it's, it's violent, but it's freeing and everyone's like respectful of each other. And like, no one's trying to hurt each other. And I'm like, what? I'm like, so y'all get in a hole and fight? Like it just, yeah. it didn't make no, sense and to I, me. And I disagree that no one's trying to hurt each other because people 
like their noses get broken. Like you cannot tell me that that is not intentional. Like for for someone to thrust themselves at you elbow with, you know, elbow first, like no, the intention yes. is very much to get hurt. Have you have you ever been in a mosh pit? No, but I've been next to one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. And I was scared out of my mind. It was a show at, I think it was at Southside Ballroom in Dallas. And um, I can't even remember the band that it was. Oh. But it, yeah, it started to form. Like, and I'm there kind of close to the stage. I'm watching it kind of start, you know, and it's, and it's you know, gaining traction. And I'm seeing, I'm like, oh no. So I just start like slowly just backing up, backing up, back until I'm literally like all the way, like almost out the door. And it was an insane mosh pit. I'm so glad I got out of there, but I, I have no desire for that. Like I, I'm not trying to get hurt when I'm enjoying music. Like that's not, it's not where that I'm at in my life. That's not my vibe either. There was a real like aggressive point in the mid, like right around this, the time that he dies, like 2000, 2004 to 2007, there was a type of hip hop where people like, I mean, the song Headbusters by, uh, by Lil Scrap, we some headbusters. That was one knuck if you buck. Like people would just go to the club and it was like, it was the closest black people got to mosh pitting. And I was like, y'all are doing too much. I need to leave. I need to leave. Like, and it was like, it was like you would kind of headbang while you danced and like everyone's elbows and arms would be going everywhere. It was very scary. And yeah, that's no. like the closest I've gone to gotten to mosh pit like behavior. And I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, no, no. I, 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 I like to sway in a formation. This is too much. Right. Yeah, definitely not for me. Now, did you know that uh, Pantera has like, um, well, I mean, so talking about Deep Ellum, you know, one of the members of Pantera actually owned Reno's Chop Shop, the bar in deep oh, Ellum, no. Reno. reno's is like the biker bar in in yeah. dallas very very well known um but it was um and he he recently passed uh vincent paul Vinny mm-hmm. paul Vinny yes, paul. yes, 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 and yes. He, yeah and um he was the drummer i believe for pantera and so yeah so he actually is you know the i guess the original owner uh, for reno's which is kind of cool right like I kind of brings actually- it back to dallas Yes, it does. And I think he's actually good friends with like one of the owners of Hyenas Comedy Club, which is one of the clubs I started out in Dallas. So I remember like seeing this person and be like, that's Vinnie Paul. It's Vinnie Paul. You see who that is? And I'm like, yeah. He's yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you can't let people when someone meets their idol, you can't act like you don't know who it is. Cause I know if I was like, girl, that's Beyonce and you were like, who? I would like <laughs> Okay, first of all, <laughs> if someone's saying who, like they deserve to be judged <laughs> at that moment <laughs> for Beyonce. So like, I just, just I'm always like, Yeah, that's awesome for you. I feel so good for you. You know, like you never let on that someone's hero. I mean, I even do it with like my nephew when he's like, This is Paul Patrol. I'm like, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> go off <laughs> I just think oh, it's really hilarious. good to let people feel their moment and I love seeing how people excited people are when they see him he's like he is a staple in, in Dallas and and you just you see him around and you're like excited you know so yeah I didn't know he excited. owned Reno's but I had been to Reno's before and well so cool. he did but he actually passed away recently as well um, now this was not murder um I want to say oh, let me see if I can find it uh it hasn't been too long. I think 2018. Oh. Yeah, 2018. Uh, and I believe it was like a coronary or it was a heart. It was a heart condition. So like no, no conspiracies and they were brothers. there. Oh, I didn't realize that. So yeah, Vincent Paul Abbott brother? and uh, 
and and Daryl Abbott. So they're yeah, they're both they're brothers. They're Whoa! Brothers. Look at us learning today. Wow, See, that's a great thing about this history. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing about the show. This is a music discovery podcast. If you are an absolute music scholar, you're gonna be annoyed with me because I'm learning <laughs> as I do this. I am not. Uh, I, this is this is not NPR presents inside the music of the murders. I've done ten years of research to tell you every particular detail about this case. Right. <laughs> it's not. It's not what we do here. We learn. No, we're, we discuss. We're learning, and then we get it. Yes. So here's what else happened. By the way, I can't imagine. Imagine being in the audience, just trying to enjoy yourself, and this happens right in front of you. On stage, mm. Gail drew a Beretta 9mm handgun and headed straight for Abbott. By the way, millimeter, not mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I don't M-M. use the metric system that often. Sorry. <laughs> Joe Dameron, ba- bass player for Volume Dealer, thought Gail shouted something about Pantera, but he wasn't sure. With the feedback, I didn't hear what he said. Dameron said, I saw him open his mouth to yell something, but I don't know what it was. He just looked determined. Gail shot Abbott, who was headbanging his hair in his face, at least once in the forehead. Dime oh was doing gosh. his thing, said Aaron Benner, a fan who was standing nearby. He gets really into it, so he was blindsided. Oh, I just, as someone who just loves performing, that really breaks my heart. Cantuela, who had been tending bar, thought firecrackers had gone off. Others figured the speaker had popped or something had fired a cap gun. I thought they were playing a big gimmick, said Ryan Melikor, who was working security. People were pumping their fists, thinking it was a hoax. Cantella kept pouring drinks. The music stopped. Drummer Vinnie Abbott, Daryl's brother, stood up behind his, his kit. Abbott's guitar began to emit feedback in a high-pitched shriek. A security guard tackled Gail, who continued to shoot into the crowd. One bullet grazed the arm of volume dealer roadie Travis Burnett, a burly former soldier who dropped his beer and ran toward the stage to try and disarm the shooter. How fucking badass. He gets wow. shot and he's like, oh, you fighting? We fight. <laughs> let's go i'm just thinking if i got shot i wouldn't run towards the shooter but that's why i'm not a marine uh i am not the few the proud i am the many and the weak Um, (laughs) i love that wow scared and afraid yeah the 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 herd of afraid i asked him dude what the fuck are you doing (laughs) he's having a conversation with his shooter like he's handling it the way you handle it when someone bums at you like ma'am excuse me ma'am yeah oh my gosh yeah what are you doing he was like guy get out of here he was like get out of here get away and as i went to grab him he shot at me the bullet went through my shirt and i didn't even feel it okay man all right all right bro wait okay i'm not saying he i'm not saying he's lying about not feeling it adrenaline can you know do some crazy things from what i hear so you know he might have turned into like robocop that moment (laughs) well we weren't so busy getting hurt trying to work out maybe we'd understand this level of adrenaline (laughs) you know what yeah i'm gonna shut up now <laughs> you're right i don't think i've ever felt like people who talk about a runner's high and like i don't think i've ever been there i've never been to the level where i'm up so actually one time i did get in a car accident and um i didn't realize i had broken a tendon in my arm because i was like so mad this lady hit me and i was gonna be late to my birthday brunch and i was just like how like were you even looking like i'm just yelling at her and i don't even realize that my shoulder is like dislocated oh no you're like do you even birthday like <laughs> you're gonna just ruin my day <laughs> I, was. I was like i'm supposed to be at brunch you bitch like i was so bad oh man Daryl Abbott lay on the stage bleeding from his head while most fans fled one concert ger- concert goer mincy Edit that. 
Daryl Abbott lay on the stage, bleeding from his head. While most fans fled, one concert goer, Mitty Reese, a registered nurse from Columbus, rushed forward. I said, fuck this. I'm a nurse. Oh my God. Metal fans are the coolest people in the entire world. They really are. They just say fuck for every other word, regardless of their education. Yes, I love, fuck this. I'm a nurse, said Reese. He needs help. I did chest compression for 15 to 20 minutes. I kept saying, dying bag, come on, come on. Please stay with me. Abbott was near death by the time paramedics arrived. From the backstage area, Officer James Nijmeyer appeared. By the way, this man's last name is spelled N-I-G-G-E. M-E-Y-E-R. Well, now I see the, hesita- <laughs> now I see the hesitation. <laughs> Do you understand why I said, sir? I'm going to need you to change that name right now. So I'm going to say your name is Nijmeyer, and it, that's what it's going to be. But I just, my brain pushed the G's and the that. E's and the R's together, and I was like, what? Officer James Nijmeyer appeared, carrying a 12-gauge Remington shotgun. He walked past a stack of amplifiers and saw Gail, who had taken a male hostage holding his gun to the unidentified man's head. Gail began moving toward the rear of the club. For, from 20 feet away, Nijmeyer fired once, killing Gail. Nathan Gale, according to people in Marysville, was trouble, but not prone to violence. They always say that. He enlisted in the Marines in 2002, but left the corpse for yet, yet unknown reasons. 18 months later, he worked on construction sites in an oil chain shop. Blah, 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 blah. I don't like to tell you too much about the murderers. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want to like glorify this person's life. Like, he was so great. Um, right. But Gail, he was an offensive guard for Lima Thunder, a local semi-pro football team. On the team bus, Gail could often be found on his headphones on listening to Pantera. I mean, this, I don't understand crazy logic like this, because if you want Pantera to get back together, they're not going to, you know, with one of them dead. If they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no logic. And, and you were saying like the, to talk on the audience that was there, Mm -hmm. like, first of all, shout out to the nurse that was there and stepped up. And that was also at a Pantera concert, because that's also like equally cool. Right. Um, Yeah. But also, like, I don't know that I, you know, if I witnessed something that terrible, you know, and I'm big in the local scene and, you know, I would never, I would hope, you know, knock on whatever here, you know, and maybe people don't care as much about the local scene, (laughs) bands breaking up as they do, you know, national acts. But if I saw something like that, I don't know that I would be able to go to another show again, Mm -hmm. you know, and it makes me traumatizing. Yeah. And it makes you think of, you know, when you hear about, you know, mass shootings and all of that, you know, and people are like at the club having a great time and then somebody comes in and shoot. Like, how do you ever go back to that? Like, I just, I think that's it. That's where it ends, right? Yeah. So here's another crazy part. On November 17th at 3.20 a.m., police arrested Gail for driving with a suspended license. By then, friends told the Columbus Dispatch Gail had changed. He'd begun talking and laughing to himself. He told a friend that Pantera had stolen his songs and that he was going to sue them. So this, at this point, he's getting kind of off the rock, like off his rocker and getting kind of unhinged before this happens. Lucas Bender, a manager at Bear's Den Tattoo in Marysville across the street from Gail's house, said Gail was a frequent visitor. He got a tattoo on his right or left forearm, a big custom design tribal, said Bender. He also got his ears pierced about a week or two ago. He came in on a daily basis. I tried to keep him away from the clientele. He kind of gave everyone a weird impression. Bender said Gail told him he left the Marines due to mental problems and was taking medications that may have been for bipolar. Nathan was infatuated with guitarists. One of our tattoo artists plays guitar and Nathan started to try to hang out with him. As police officers and detectives flooded the Alarosa Villa on December 8th, so keep in mind this all happens like the 
November 17th is when things start to really change for him. And by no- December 8th, he commits a murder. Vinny wow. Abbott escaped from the damage, tour- damage plan tour bus. He climbed into Dimebag's bunk and wept. Damage plan loved us, lamented Billy Payne, the volume dealer singer. They told us to stay after the show and we were going to talk to us and have drinks with them. It was a local band's dream maybe coming true, turned into a nightmare. Oh, so this was like a local band in Columbus, you know, really excited to open for this national act. And like they even said it was an acrimonious split. Like Pantera had been together for 17 years. People just want to go different directions. And I, I don't know if you've been keeping up with like, the term parasocial has been very big on social media lately. Are you familiar with this expression, Veronica? No, not heard that. Parasocial is essentially when people are so inspired and beloved by an act that they feel an ownership over them. Recently in the comedy community, it's come up because people are upset with John Mulaney for getting a divorce. I think it's a lot of people see him as like, you know, the epitome of a young, happily married man who's respectful to his wife because so much of comedy has been, you know, take my wife. She got fat. I hate her, you know? Right. He really loved his wife and that was, you know, evident in his comedy. And then he got divorced, may have cheated on her and is now with Olivia Munn who just kind of gives off high school mean girl energy. She does. She's just Mm. like, she gives that vibe. Yeah, people, we don't like, we don't like her. I'm kidding. Yeah, we don't like her. I'm not going to decide we don't like (laughs) her. But that's the, I think what it is, is it feels like John Mulaney is like the cute, funny guy and he married the the nice girl who reads, cheated (laughs) on her with the cheerleader. That's how it feels. Oh, got you. And that's the parasocial relationship where people feel this ownership, like he let me down, he owes me something. And this is a perfect example of that parasocial relationship where, you know, now this person, of course, is severely unhinged, like was med- needed medication, needed mental health help. But it's kind of, it's interesting how it's this microcosm of this much bigger thing where people think celebrities owe them. They think the right. writers of Game of Thrones owe them a proper ending. They think... <laughs> You know, oh my gosh this attachment that people feel because it's it, music can be such an important part of our lives and for some people who aren't well it can be a damaging part of their lives and that's really sad yeah that is really sad and I've never heard that term but it definitely I, I get where that where that fits and it's sad that someone felt that they had ownership over this band and did something so horrible like and can I just say something the tribal mm-hmm. tat, the tribal tattoo description of him like he had tribal tattoos or whatever i mean i'm, I'm just gonna throw that out there that's your first sign <laughs> we need to be we need to be looking into all anyone who has a tribal tattoo right now you know what's so funny is it's like tribal tattoos used to be so badass but do you remember that period of the 2000s where like boy bandy type yep. guys were getting really skinny ones in a circle around their arm yep. i sure I'm, do and nick I lachey even- had that and then the sun is a 98. Yeah, I think we need to check on him. I'm just saying, like, let's just. Oh, I've been worried about Nick Lachey for a long time. Ever since <laughs> um, the first episode of Love is Blind airs. And he goes, and you guys know, obviously, I'm Nick Lachey. And they're all looking like, who? Who? <laughs> was he the one that was married to Jessica Simpson? Yes, or yes, was he that... was. Oh, okay. That's that's how I know <laughs> Yeah, and now he's married to um. Gosh, she's beautiful. This beautiful. Oh, she Manunos. Uh, yes, M- Melissa Manunos. No, 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 no. Uh, no, is it? Oh, I don't want anyone to be screaming at their their radio like you oh told me gosh, to listen to this really damn are. podcast. And you don't even know who Nick Lachey's wife is. 
Yeah, Vanessa Manillo. Yes. Okay. Vanessa. Oh my God. Who is Menounos? Oh, that's the other girl from Entertainment. You're thinking Maria Menounos. Yeah. There was. (laughs) See, I miss that like golden era of e Hollywood news reporters who just like were like it was um, former beauty queens becoming reporters. Just this like gorgeous bubbly. It's been like it's been a few years since we had one of those come out, and now like everybody's kind of sort of a reporter. But um, there was yeah, Vanessa Manillo is just stunning. So Jessica Simpson, just stunning people. Yeah. Um, you know, That's I buy true. a lot of her collection at TJ Maxx. Good stuff. Oh, oh. do you? Oh, man, I love <laughs> TJ Maxx. <laughs> Every random that. thing has her name on it. You'll be like, I need a pack of socks. And it's like, socks by Jessica Simpson. I'm, I guess I guess these I are Jessica know. Simpson socks today. <laughs> I think people wardrobe. just put the label on stuff and you're like, cool. And it's just yeah, generic socks. Right. So that Pains. is going to wrap up. Oh. Taking it one more time, one more thing to wrap off behind behind the murders before we move on to the next segment. I do want to leave you guys on a positive note because I know that was just sad, but here's something kind of sweet. So I looked into this and there's some lore around the touching last words of Dimebag Daryl. Another emotional story about Pantera's guitarist Dimebag Daryl's death revealed, however, this time it's involved another late icon, Eddie Van Halen. The young guitarist Dimebag Daryl was performing with his band Damage Plan, which we just said, which he founded with his brother Vinnie Paul at the Alarosa Villa Nightclub in Columbus, Ohio. During the show, Daryl got shot multiple times by a deranged young fan named Nathan Gale. Unfortunately, he was pronounced dead at the scene. Now, according to an article about the late guitar legend Eddie Van Halen, Dimebag received an exceptional gift from Eddie after his death. The renowned guitarist gesture also reminded another story about Daryl's passing, which suggested that he actually honored Van Halen by whispering the band's name as his very last words. When the successful musician Dimebag Daryl was killed by a fan December 8th, he was only 38 years old. His death saddened the entire rock and metal music community, yet his family and close friends affected the most. One of his dear friends was the guitarist, guitarist master Eddie Van Halen, who influenced Daryl's music deeply. According to a popular rumor, just before Dimebag Daryl was shot and killed by gunfire in the nightclub, his last words were Van Halen, which was a code word for I'm having fun between him and his brother, bandmate Vinnie Paul. Being the love musician that he was, thousands of fans attended his public memorial, and the guest list included artists from whom Dimebag Daryl himself was heavily inspired, such as Eddie Van Halen, Zach Wilde, Corey Taylor, Jerry Cantrell, and Dino Cazares. In order to pay tribute to the past guitarist, Gene Simmons donated the band's casket for the burial. However, he wasn't the only musician to give a special belongings to the Pantera guitarist's funeral. Eddie also brought his original black and yellow striped 1979 Charvel bumblebee guitar with him to the funeral so that it can be buried with his friend apparently daryl loved the guitar and even mentioned to his close friend eddie that he would like to have a replica of it someday van halen said dime was an original and only an original deserves the original oh so he was buried with the guitar that's so touching that really is beautiful and then for him to have that code van halen to be like i'm having fun yeah That actually makes me, that makes me, it's nice to have a happy ending on these things. Um, They're not necessarily a happy ending. He is still dead. But it's nice to see that he was so beloved and that there's just so much community in the the rock community. And that's that's awesome to see. So that is going to conclude Behind the Murders. If you guys have any suggestions on what I should cover next, give me an email. Send it over to rhythmandbay at gmail.com or tweet us. We finally fixed the Twitter. It is now rhythmandbay at Twitter. It, girl, it was Bay Rhythm and for a year. And, oh, no. And I, I don't know how. <laughs> 
I don't know I how mean, that happened, but I was able to fix it finally. So just tweet at us if you got any ideas on who we should be covering, what stories you want to hear. If there's things that you don't feel like haven't been investigated enough in popular media, let's talk about it. So thank you so much, Veronica, for going down memory lane with so me fun. and you know, yeah, shedding that was some like light. Super fun. Yeah. So moving on to our next segment. This is my favorite segment that we do on the show. It is called uh it is called Soundtrack of Your Life. This is where you tell me the five songs that tell your life story. So let's oh just start. God. You go one song at a time. You tell me the name and the title and the artist. And then we're going to talk about why you connect to that song, what it makes you feel, what it reminds you of. Let's get into that. So uh, we're, you want to start like at number five, then go to number one, like the fifth being ooh, the fifth ooh, most go, connected. In, did you not rank the them? the other way. No, no, oh, okay. I, got, I, got, I got them in order. Um, but I was, uh, yeah, I could definitely start from, I guess, now. Um, so the song right now, I think, and, and it's, a, to me, it's really special in that it was the song that was played when my husband proposed to me. Oh, um, I love it. And obviously it's gonna be a local band because that's where I am in my life now. Um, and even then, and that was, uh, eight or nine years ago. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. Um, and so it's a local band, my favorite local band that you'll hear anytime you tune into my uh, radio show, and that's Loyal Sally. Um, I love those guys. Um, really great sound, good music. But this song in particular is called Clouds. And Wait, it's is, a very... Mm -hmm. Sorry, I did not mean to interrupt you. Is the drummer of Loyal Sally a guy named Aaron A.C. Capers? Yes! <laughs> yes, it is! He is the drummer of all drummers. Y'all, Aaron was my crush in like the 10th grade and we were supposed to go no. to like 11th grade formal together, but I got into a fight with a guy and kicked him in the ribs. And so Aaron decided I was a little too aggressive and broke <laughs> up with me. <laughs> that is the best story ever. I <laughs> and fun fact, I dated the guy I kicked in the ribs for like six months after that. <laughs> and I'm not advocating violence. I was just like, I think... Um, like it was, and you it wasn't like a full on kick, you know, I think I mostly hit his backpack, but it was like, it was just like this dramatic, I just, you know, I'm sorry, when young virgins are being very, like, they're just like, ah, I would like to touch you, but the Bible says not to, so I'm going to playfully punch you. And now we're physically fighting. That mm -hmm. is... <laughs> It's funny because that makes me think of a moment where I, same thing, like, you know, virgin, you know, and one of my brother's friends like touched my butt and mm -hmm. I was not prepared for that. And I turned around and I slapped him harder than I've ever slapped anything in my entire life. Like it was like, uh, I mean, it came, I don't know where it came from, but it, 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 it was everything and all my might. And it was the loudest, most horrific sound you'd ever heard. And <laughs> you know what? He didn't, he didn't do it again. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> So sorry to talk over your story. I'm just, no. It's just so yeah. funny because I've heard the name of this band. Uh, so. Yes. Yeah. And they're a great band. And you should come check out a show because, you know, Aaron is a professional drummer. Let me tell mm -hmm. you. And mm -hmm. he plays for several bands, actually. And I joke that I need to have him just on the show. And that would literally be like all the playlists for my show because I could just play every band he's in. Um but yeah, so the song Clouds, they played, uh, my husband knew they were my favorite band. He got them to meet us on a rooftop in Deep Ellum. They were there. I know. And they played the song and it's just like a really cheesy love song. And um, it, well, I don't even think it's a love song, actually. Let me let me correct myself there. I, I really think it's a song. It's called Clouds and it's about being up in the clouds, like maybe a cloud of 
a puff of smoke, <laughs> if, if you will. <laughs> so uh, it's about being high in the in the in the trees, um, and so. Uh, but somehow it just became like our 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 song, and uh, so that's one that he proposed with. And so when we got married, that's the song that they played at our wedding, and that's the song that I walked down to. So it's a really really important song to oh. me, as is the band. Yeah, I know. So and did so they play at your hear, wedding? They played at our wedding. Yeah, they oh. were. I know, and it was great, and it was like very like broken down. Like obviously, I didn't want like an electric guitar. <laughs> At my wedding as I'm coming down the aisle. <laughs> so we had, you know, um, Lucas who plays bass, uh, had his big bass. What do you, is that, what do you call it? Is it just a bass? The, it is called a string bass. bass. It's, there's right? a bass guitar and then there's the bass and the string, uh, quartet or, or in a, in a, in a orchestra. Yeah. Right. That one. So he <laughs> that one, and um, it was really beautiful, and so much so that when I got down to the aisle, the song wasn't over, and I didn't want them to stop it. So I was just like, "Just keep, keep playing. We'll just stand here." Did and you make a laugh lovingly? <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny as hell if you like turned around and you're like, "Keep it going, boys. I paid for the hour." That's right. <laughs> No, but I should have. If we recreate this, I'm definitely going to make a laugh. <laughs> um, so yeah, really important. And I do recommend that you go check out that song because you'll see what I mean. It, it just gets you in all the feels. And so now, of course, when they play it anywhere, even if my husband, if we're like at, at where, you know, the venue or wherever we are, assuming we still go to venues, um, if he's in the, in the opposite side of the room, the moment we hear them play that first chord, we're looking for each other and we're just like right back holding hands you know just back to that first you know the first time we heard it it's beautiful I love that yeah. i love the musicianship that they were able to strip down their own song and yeah. create something that like still had the integrity of the music but fit like the vibe of a wedding that's so beautiful yeah, yeah. and they're a talented group of guys and i always say that because they're constantly putting out new music and I'm just waiting to hear one that really sucks. You know, like I just, I kind of want them to suck some time, like, cause it's, it's unfair that they just keep putting out good music, you know? Cause I'm like, just come on guys. Like you guys are like mostly from Garland, like <laughs> aside from AC, I think he's the only one not from Garland. And Arlington, like, Bowie High School yeah, Ar again. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. I met him in the band hall because, again, my parents wouldn't pick me up from school. <laughs> and can I tell you, that whole band hall experience experience for you is probably just setting you for a life of a setting you up for a life of a comedian, <laughs> like just kind of like. Oh, for sure. It just it introduced me and... to all these characters, like the because I just I would have never really talked to those flagpole kids. The... <laughs> right. Did you have a high school that was like divided up by area and like people would sit over here and like over there? Like, okay, like center of the cafeteria was mostly popular people. And then oh, yeah. I ate in like the hallway because I was like kind oh, of yeah. a loser. But like yeah. not a loser. I just like I I how do I explain it? You didn't conform. You were a nonconformist. You you marched to the beat of your own drum. That's I'm just assuming. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know you back then. Listen, I was a feminist back when we just called them bitches. So like I, you know how cool guys are rude and they like, they'll say something kind of funny about a girl's weight or her clothes or something. And then the girl will just kind of like laugh it off. 
or if they, oh, yeah. especially if they want to flirt. And I would be like, you're an ignoramus and you're going to <laughs> fail at everything in your life. But what were you saying, Josh? And people were like, oh, she's such a bitch. It's <laughs> and I, I had that. so you're many just... friends and so many different groups and people would constantly go, why are you friends with Jasmine to them, like to their faces? Like, like make them explain. And so if you get my friend groups together, you're just like, where did this goth girl come from? Where did this popular princess to get? So yeah. that is just, uh, you just, you're just, it's just so funny. I hadn't thought about AC in so long. So shout out to him. Shout out to Loyal Sally. That's so cool. I have, and, and the name of the song one more time for us. It's called Clouds clouds by clouds. loyal sally yep. and they played it at your wedding oh they it's so did. sweet i love that um i hope they and, keep putting out music but it's so funny we said about putting out music all the time have you noticed in the pandemic it's like people are trying to have something every week oh yeah yeah and that i mean look i'm all for people being creative and stuff but sometimes i'm like i need to like sit on a song for a while mm -hmm. you know I, I i like to hear it i like to put it on my playlist and like sprinkle it in here and there you know and i have to like sit on it and love it and like let it grow and then but when they're putting out one after another after another i'm like look you did not give me time <laughs> to settle in to this new song can i just like love on this new song for a little bit before you put out but you know that being said considering everything that we've been through i i get it you know people need to create and so doing that and by why the way why is their album say, called ellis you know that's a very good question <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's and, probably so many reasons you know it's called Ellis. But y'all, that's my actual last name. So I'm like, Aaron, what's oh, up? What, what, what is whoa. this? Was is that? <laughs> what, oh my God. Is this song about you? <laughs> no, let me you keep know the listening. And there's a track that's like, it would have been great, but you kicked Jamal in the ribs. <laughs> I thought you were just too weird. <laughs> no, that's the song. They have a song called Poor, Poor Jamal. <laughs> Shut up. Just no, just <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so really... why is it called Ellis? That's the album Clouds is on. It's their, it their is. most popular song, that and Call Me Crazy. Um yeah. and fun fact, you can play the song because they own all the music. So just, just throw that out there. And I don't know why it's called that. And it's funny because I interview them all the time and I talk to them all the time. And you would think I would ask that question. But... You gotta ask them why it's called that. I'm gonna, that's y'all. We gotta you know, go Usually on the we talk about all of these huge national acts and wherever you are, you know what we're talking about. And now you guys are just like privy to all this insider gossip. And I am just so curious. I'm sure it has zero to do with me. Um, but I gotta know, but hey, why now I'm curious. is your album with Loyal Sally called <laughs> Are Ellis? you texting him right now? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> this yes. whole, this is taking a complete turn that for the better, I'm saying it right now. Like, I was not expecting that. And when they came out with the album, I too was like, that's an interesting name. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? And then never ask them. Um, but I do recommend you guys listen. I mean, listen to the song. It's a good song and it's lovely, you know? And yes, the, and they're very talented musicians. And I just cannot wait to see what AC responds to you, honestly. Is he typing? Is he typing you right now? <laughs> oh, God. Oh God. Okay. No, I just wanted to like halfway explain myself because we haven't talked in almost two years. Uh, oh, wow. And it was just like him telling me 
um yeah like we've been for the last three or four years just been sending each other flyers to our shows like you should come to mine you should come to mine (laughs) (laughs) oh my my gosh gosh. that's so funny if i wasn't married this would be a very funny like like, can you actually like that makes me want to write a script about like a high school like a dj who connects with a oh okay look look at that anyways girl this is your life story Wow, this is becoming so mine. Funny. No, yeah, I mean, you know, I always thought that you were a big part of my upbringing. <laughs> I was like, I got to get with her because she basically is like a, a whole decade right there just centered around Ellis. So, I'm now, I got to know, but it probably has nothing to do with me. Maybe it's like Ellis Island because it's like coming into said, a new world. No, I love that you said it probably has nothing to do with me. <laughs> Well, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, probably. If I wasn't a little self-absorbed, I wouldn't be in this field. You know, there's got to be like, I'm with you. I would think it was all about me if they were like, (laughs) oh, you think you're like, I would have assumed it was about the Navarro album. Yeah, (laughs) you're like, what? Do you read Betty? Uh, do you read Archie comics? And you're like, oh, I cannot believe they base this character again. <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I've always thought Veronica was the hottest, and I don't know if it's because her she name is. is Veronica or she is. Right? Okay. Well, there you go. There you have it. It's just a hot girl name. There's no oh. not hot Veronicas. No, that's right. You're right. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go out there and say, yeah, you're right. Oh my gosh. Never seen it. All right. Well, so. Let's keep it going with our number four song. Okay, number four. Now, this is just for fun because I am the world's youngest and hottest grandma. And I don't go by grandma. I go by glamma, okay? and Or glam glam. <laughs> but that's that's as far as I go. But this song is the Ghostbusters theme song. <laughs> because... <laughs> There was a period of time there where if I watched my glam babies, in particular Emma, who's the oldest, and she was maybe five, four or five, where we would have to play that song on repeat the entire time she was visiting. So (laughs) there was probably a two-year period there where if I had her, I was listening to the Ghostbusters theme song over and over and over and over and over and over and over again like so much so that now like I can't even I won't watch I love the movies and I and I can't watch them <laughs> like that's it. like I'm done that period it's done so that's more glam baby-esque you know real life stuff right there that you get when you have small children around so and you know what and I think parents and people who are listening know exactly what I'm talking about because once they find a song like that's it it's on repeat Oh There's yeah, nothing you can do about it. Yeah, that is so funny. It. I just it's because I'm thinking you're talking about like the '80s Ghostbuster, which like doesn't feel like the most appropriate material for a four year old. <laughs> Isn't there no, a part not, where a man gets a pre- blowjob from a ghost? <laughs> I think so. Yes, yes. I don't think I made and, that up. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I don't think you made that up. Um, so, but it's just the song. Now I don't know. If they're obsessed with the movie at all but for some reason and I will say my daughter is one of those like who's just like she her aura or her essence is Halloween like she's obsessed with Halloween like and she's Halloween 12 months out of the year so I think that might have something to do with it but 
I'm talking about the song that you know. <laughs> Are we allowed to do? Oh, you, <laughs> you raise a little spooky, a little spooky baby. I love it. <laughs> little, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, and I think parents can relate because once they get stuck on a song, that's it. That's it. You know. Um, and it's funny too because it it ends up leaking into your head. Like my little nephew, he is he's insanely good. He's only he's gonna be four in November and he's insanely good with memorizing dialogue and songs to the point where I'll be like how many times y'all let him watch this I'm like this is the second time but like it's just he loves the Grinch and wants to watch it year round oh um, yeah <laughs> yep yep no that sounds yeah it, it's just, you're a mean one all the time <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. loves it and he's just so happy to sing his little songs I love and I love when like, kids and again yeah and then they're like and again it's always again you know just do it one more time one more time glamma i'm like okay <laughs> how can i say no to that oh <laughs> so glamma loves to sing the ghostbusters theme song <laughs> over and over and over who are you gonna call yeah. and then you know and then you know before that i will say there was like a period of time you know obviously it was a lot of local music you know for the last decade um but before that to like maybe get on to somebody that maybe some of your listeners might actually know um I remember 2000s, and this said, and and we'll get into what I was listening to before this, but this is when I came out of my sort of like um, wannabe gangsta phase of life, you know, that we kind of all went through if we were, you know, kids of the, you know, teenagers in the late 90s, you know, mid to late 90s. Um, but if I remember you were cool. if you were cool, that's right, that's right, you know, you which cool. I was. If you listened to the beginning of the show, you said I was cool. So <laughs> I was. You said it. Tell your daughter how but, cool you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell. I'm totally gonna send this to her. I'm like, I'm so cool. Um, so it, for me, it was Justin Timberlake, "Cry Me a River." Oh my god! When he came out with "Cry Me a River," that was like, I played that CD. That CD was on repeat in my car. I just thought it was the coolest thing. Cause obviously, you know, I mean, I, I had kids young and so my daughter was a big NSYNC fan and you know, all that stuff. But when he, when he broke out and did cry me a river, like that was just like, yeah. And then remember Brittany responded with her song the every time she responded to that album. And I don't know if it's like confirmed or, unconfirmed but there was a song that she released after crimea river where she was basically like it was like an apology song oh Do you remember that? that is so i remember every time and every time was actually really troubling to me because it kind of depicts what you might perceive as a suicide she is like she's getting undressed she's crying and then she sinks into a tub and I feel like the implication is that her character in the video, at least, like overdoses and, and slips into a Whoa. tub. And I, I always kind of took it as that maybe that was the, the directors. Maybe that was just I just I don't know. I've always worried about Britney. Like I've all like yeah. before it was cool to worry about Britney. Something just didn't <laughs> feel right. It's always yeah. felt like this poor girl. So many people were pushing her to do so many things. And, you know, I don't know. They just like. They like made her the scapegoat for like all of these hypersexualized teens. And I was like, everybody's sexy. Janet Jackson's sexy. Everybody's showing their midriff. Why is Britney the one that makes everybody so angry? And I guess it was right. because of her age. It always was just crazy. But back to Justin Timberlake, Cry Me a River. 
That is a great song. There's so many parts to it. It is like Timbaland was in his bag. He put like the orchestra and then the the beats. And then you've got like, but I remember I watching, there was a show on MTV called Making the Video where they would show you. And like, he deliberately chooses a Britney lookalike to strike that fire. I think his team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on purpose. It wasn't like, I thought so. I mean. And the way the girl is like wearing this like, this like low Michael Jackson-esque hat. It was like the way both of them were dressing at the time. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's so funny how deliberate it was. And it was such a dig at Britney. And whether or not Britney cheated is like up to debate. But also like, God, Justin was a dick during this era. Like he'd he go was. on. I mean, but it was so the norm. Like Howard Stern was like, you know, did you have sex with Britney Spears? And he was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Right. yeah. So just right. such a such a ugh, yeah <laughs> and i hated all that and you know the funny thing was though is you're right it was such the norm and and back then i don't think i caught it and i don't think a lot of us caught it like you know it wasn't until and and all of that's come out recently and i think justin's even like issued a formal apology for his behavior back then and you know and he mm-hmm. was young too and so it's like this not to discount you know but when you're young and you're just like haha and there's that that such that you know that bra- bravado like that male bravado like where it's like haha it's funny right you get to like one more notch on your belt type thing and and, mm-hmm. and women can't be that way you know and and maybe they can't can now more so now obviously than than ever but um it was just you know it was one of those songs that like if you play it now it holds up so well and it just gets you in a mood you know you're just like oh that's my jam that's a jam <laughs> you, know? you can't help it yeah i definitely think that both britney and but definitely justin is a symptom but not the whole disease you know like the misogyny and the double standard at the time was just so bold and loud and you know if he wasn't claiming to be having sex with as many people as possible then people would question his sexuality because that's how toxic we were at the time that like you mm-hmm. just could not be a cishet man and not sleep with every attractive woman around you so it was right. it was a lot a lot of bad stuff but yeah we let yeah. that man slide with a lot of things that wouldn't slide today and as far as back to it's a great song it absolutely is a great song in fact halsey i wouldn't say it's called i'm, I'm learning new terminology it's called interpolation have you heard uh-huh. this song um um, she did a song that references Cry Me a River, but it's not oh. exactly the song. Interesting. No, I'm not. I, and I love Halsey. It was kind of popular on the radio for a little bit. And then. Um, oh, Without Me. Without Me. Yes. And um, because it like it references a lot of it has the same melody. It references a lot of the same lyrics. It's not exactly oh. the same song, but it's not not the same song. It, it's very. Um, it I've not heard it. I will definitely give that one a listen to. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's even got, it wasn't like you only talk to me and you know it. Like the, just the melody is very similar. See, this is how I get myself in trouble. Yeah. Thinking you could live without me. Like, yeah, yeah, it's there. Um, oh, God, yeah. Now I'll have to so, listen to that, but it does sound very similar. Um, yeah, and Justin Timberlake's credited as a writer, which interpolation is genius because it's like, instead of, you know, the drawn out lawsuits, they're like, no, 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 this is that song. <laughs> like, <laughs> y'all hear it, y'all know it. This is, yeah. you're not cracking some code. This is not some big secret. Yes, these are totally the, like, this is very much an influence. Kind of the same thing with Olivia Rodrigo and um, Good For You is very much Paramore's misery business. And yep. weak. it's like, it wasn't anything to clock. She was like, yeah, how, like they already got their check. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you mad Can about? I just say, 
say something about her. What is her name? Olivia Rodrigo? Olivia Rodrigo. Rodrigo, yeah. My husband is a big fan. Like, he's, he's playing it over and over. I'm totally going to out him right now. He's going to hate me for this. But that is like his jam right now. And like, I noticed yesterday, because we'll listen to music, we both work from home together. And so we'll sometimes throw the music on the speaker, you know, and we're working. And and I swear her new album, whatever it is that she just put out, was on repeat. And finally, after like hearing the song like a fourth time, I was like, yo, like, <laughs> what are we doing? Are we going to move from this? Like, is this... <laughs> It's like on repeat. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I tried to avoid that album. I was like, this is for youngs. This is for the youngs. This is not necessarily well, and, for me. And it's such a telling of like breaking your heart at that age and how everything feels so big. Every feeling is so intense. It's like it's it's high school love in a nutshell. There is this one. Okay. I was so in California, your walls are thin as hell. Your walls are thin, thin. And the little 15-year-old girl who lives above me was going through it the week that album came out because she kept repeating this song that was like, you betrayed me. And I know that you'll never feel sorry. And I was like, yes, girl. Like, and what, I'd sing it back. I'd be like, I know she can hear me. I'd be, I'd be hitting the low notes. Like, yeah. like let it out. You're like, I got you, girl. Gonna, are you going to call the police because someone's singing because they're heartbroken? No. You just, no. you know, you got to just accept the noise. You know, eventually yeah. I got on their schedule and then I was happy. I was like, I'm just going to record my show at this time and it'll be fine. But yeah, no, yeah, Olivia yeah. Rodrigo. Great. I love a heartbreak album and uh, anthem. And like, I mean, this was off of the Justified album, which had its heartbreak songs. But then it also had like Senorita. I mean, at the time, this was people can say they hate JT, but they were bumping JT back then. Oh, they yeah. loved it. Senorita, Senorita was a good one too. Thank you. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, all all of that. I mean, the whole album was. And what was the one? There was like a, there there was one on that album. Would you say it was uh, Justified? It was mm-hmm. like the the banger, like the one that they, I think he had to put out first. Can nobody oh love you like I love you? <laughs> Is that the one you're thinking? Yes, of? yes, that's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I okay, so I definitely had this album in case y'all are wondering. <laughs> Yeah, for my sure. my yeah. music choices are always embarrassingly top forty. So I'm like, oh you know, gosh. if you are a music snob, feel free to come on here. You don't have to like be like, you know, you don't have to bring up the the right. top forties on. But like, I if like, it was top forty, I was a TRL kid. I was glued yeah. to that screen. Like I thought I was going to replace Carson one day. Um, no. and oh my god, take his spot. Yeah, me. Well, I thought not Carson, the other guy. Oh my god. I can't even remember his name now, but I, I felt the same way, you know, but you know, I, I'm also like big top 40 and a lot of people don't know that about me because I, I do promote and just listen to a lot of local music and I'm constantly, but like I jammed Miley Cyrus's new album is fire. It is yes. so good. And, you know, I loved uh, Taylor Swift's lover album was like, I mean, that was probably my album for like 2018, 2019, like Lover. I think when did it come out? 2019? I don't know, I but think that's you're right. one I listened to on repeat. You know, why did I try to listen to the one with the French braid on the cover yesterday? And I was oh, like, oh, no, 
I'm going to no. slip into a coma. I was like, I was trying to, I was doing my taxes while listening to Taylor Swift. And I was like, life can't be this bad. No, 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 no. If you're going to do your taxes, put on lover and you'll be like, you just be so happy. You're just yes. like, you owe this year. You're like, it's cool. I do remember. And are you like me where you hate a song when you first hear it? And then if you hear it enough times, it just like yes. seeps into your brain. Yes. 100%. For me, it was you need to calm down. When I first heard it, I was cringing because it uses so much like just like gay black slang. And I was like, this is not how you talk. You don't no. say tell people to have several seats. You know, like this is not <laughs> how you talk, Taylor. And then it's just like, I'll just be like, I'm just like, damn, 7 a.m. Like, it just gets in your brain. Being too loud. <laughs> yes. So into it. Oh, man. I, I think one time love I was talking that song. My dad is home a lot during the day and he watches like all the talk shows and I was mad about something. He goes, you need to do like Taylor Swift said and calm down. And I was like, oh no, your dad, he's like, can I just say like, shout out to dads. Cause my dad used a Beyonce reference, but he got it so wrong. But he was saying, he said something about like, you need to like, I don't know. Somebody was like moving into how like a family member. And he's like, no, they need to uh, go to the right, to the right. <laughs> And I, and, was so... and I was like, what? And he's like, I yeah, love dads. To the right. To the right. <laughs> okay. Well, you're, you know, I applaud you for, for, for using a Beyonce reference, dad. <laughs> totally wrong. But he tried. Oh, my God. What a fun. Okay. So this was, I was so not expecting that from you. This has been such a fun hodgepodge of like, like great hyper local Dallas music um the wackiest theme song of the 80s um an absolute <laughs> 2000s banger what else is on your list what else do you have in store oh for me gosh. okay so i've got okay so this was as i'm coming out of my gangsta 90s era right i move into 2000 with eminem the way i am because i am whatever you say i, say am. I am okay I my brain forgot it for a second and then i remembered right? it in the papers, the news every day I am. Oh my goodness. And I want you to know that I'm bumping this in my like 2000 or no, 90, 93 celebrity. That was the car. I don't even know who makes it. Is it like <laughs> Toyota? I don't know, <laughs> but four door celebrity. I got kids in the back and car seats and I'm jamming to this CD and like singing it, rolling down the streets of Richardson <laughs> thinking I am so cool. Cause I know all the words, which by the way, I like learned on purpose because I wanted to make sure that I could sing this entire song in front of my friends and family. <laughs> it looks so cool. What is that desire we have to be like, just in case someone ever holds a gun in my head and they're like, <laughs> by the way, there are, this is one of those songs that has a lot of lyrics. So this is a lot a of words lot. to memorize. Like with the oh, exception of the yeah. chorus, almost nothing is repeated. It's like, Oh no. And I, and and I'm pretty sure I can still do the whole song because uh, I really did practice, you know. And and you know what? It just hit me like, why haven't I never done this in karaoke? I think this... I'm not gonna lie; it's a little bit of a bummer. Like yeah. this song, <laughs> I can see why you haven't done karaoke because it kind of it's it is it is Eminem having the beginning of a mental breakdown. It's oh. him saying that like. People don't believe who I am. I'm just being myself. You know, he, he references being called, uh, what's the, the, where's the, where's the word here? Um, I'm not Mr. In Sync. I'm not what your friends think. I'm not Mr. Friendly. You can prick me if you tempt me. 
They blame it on Maryland. They blame it on heroin. So this is also a time when, like, this is in the wake of Columbine. We are seeing, like, school right. shootings, and people are people are blaming a lot of white aggression on Eminem. So yes. he is also – also, this is the beginning of us starting to tip the scale in the direction of having a conversation about cultural appropriation, uh, who I think I am some wigger is the expression he used, who just tries to be black. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like that expression is like so deeply problematic because then you're implying that like what his behavior is is blackness and it's not necessarily right. you know what i mean like he wasn't he wasn't peddling greens this was just a white guy yelling over a beat like i'm no sorry eminem fans will literally come from my throat like, <laughs> they're literally gonna come for you i will say though it is a huge red flag for me when a person is like i don't like rap except for eminem i'm like mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. if you're i'm sorry if you're if you go into a black art form and your favorite like the only one you think is worth redeeming is the white one <laughs> something like wrong. you know yes i mean there are people who will tell you that only like eminem and then they'll skip like nine generations ago and post malone and it's like <laughs> there's just too much black talent in rap for you not to like any black rappers like that's a huge a thousand like percent. like yeah like look at yourself it's problematic yeah if you can't listen to tupac and love tupac then there's something wrong. You know, if you yeah. just skip over all of that, you know, Tupac, Biggie, that whole era, like something's wrong. <laughs> like it's very telling. But yes, you know, I mean, and, we're and living when- in an era where there's like Trump rappers. Like I, I was on the wrong part of TikTok and I, I got down this rabbit hole of like, these like no Trump like you know what I mean? it's it's and they have they have if I were in, if I were Eminem I'd be really embarrassed a little bit because <laughs> they it's such an obvious Eminem wannabe cadence so oh. it's like oh. <laughs> like I can see the, that type of guy watching Eminem and be like you know all these black people tried to stop him but he stood up for his rights <laughs> like thinking like, he's what? like the the you know just the malcolm x of white rap and that's not eminem (laughs) i truly believe eminem's an artist and i know this is not his fault it's just the wake of his work (laughs) yeah and you know what when he was doing it it, it's true it did all of a sudden you had all of this white people following that you know and and coming into rap all of a sudden now white people were loving rap and so it made them probably feel a certain way they didn't they didn't know they didn't know how to address those feelings back then you know like wait do do i actually like rap music <laughs> what yes, does that mean so it was like no, you know no i like eminem which is just no i like weird, eminem. you know yeah, yeah. Exactly. but i am is like i remember the video it's like he's again suicidal imagery in in music videos which was like always a big you know, these are people who were trapped in these like horrible contracts and like expected mm-hmm. to put out an album every nine months, right? And uh, and be on tour constantly and not have as much creative freedom and control. And I always wonder if the videos, you know, were kind of kind of like leaving breadcrumbs to where their mental state was at because he's jumping off a building and falling as all these lyrics right. are coming out, and it's and that's so crazy because y- like you noticed the tone in the Britney Spears song Mm -hmm. and then there's kind of that tone here too and I never picked up on that so I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch these as well and then just kind of like watch it with the like a you know like a suicide watch now I've gotta go like like we should have been checking on them a long time ago (laughs) you know 
and who knows maybe that was and you know what it could be so funny it could be that they just all had the same director who was really going through it and it was like i mean yeah like maybe that's who we should check out they're like i don't know i'm fine they just told me to jump like (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know, but oh that is so funny. So it takes you back to like being a young mom. I was like, did you also feel like you needed to like project this rebellious imagery to like not just be a soccer mom? Is that kind of like you were like, <laughs> I'm a cool mom who knows lyrics? Is a little bit of that yeah. too? Yeah, I think so. And I think like without even like realizing it, you know, that you're doing it at the time, you know, because it was just like such the era, you know, about it. But yeah, there was definitely times where I probably upped my, you know, or up the bar or the ante on the cool factor like where I would maybe it, push it a little bit further just so people knew I didn't like lose my street like I didn't lose my like the street kids still there right <laughs> remember me you want to make sure cool you're girl that dropped out <laughs> yeah. like you want to make sure you're bumping the right music when you pick them up from daycare yeah you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like it's not Celine Dion or something like yeah I'm I'm cool I listen to Eminem <laughs> oh my god so sad so sad <laughs> I love the psychology. I'm like, don't let me overanalyze this. Like, if it's, it's if it makes you, puts you in a good headspace. No, yeah, but yeah, that was so interesting. How like every, I mean, they're literally like court trials trying to blame the obscenity of his music, which also, when you think about it, is inherently like a little bit racist inherently because they're like, it's the white rapper making the white kids be bad, and it wasn't like Eminem was necessarily. I mean, except honestly, he was just more blatantly homophobic, which yeah. was much more accepted at the time. You know, it's crazy because 2000 doesn't feel that long ago. It and then you it. go, you watch some stuff and you're like, did people really say the R word this much? Oh, yeah. Oh, when man. You watch, if you like, go old watch comedies, like, yeah, old comedies. Like, I think of Archie Bunker. Have you seen that mm. show in a while? Yeah. Um, All in the Family. All in the Family. Oh, my. Like, <laughs> I'm just like whoa and to me i get it you know a lot of things were more accepted back then and you could you know freedom of whatever and you know but man some of that stuff even back then i'd be like really like <laughs> just gonna we're gonna roll with that okay cool okay cool. yeah i think though as like the general kind of like with the office where like we're supposed to look at the main character as like this is who not to be but that's yeah. the bad thing is a lot of media there's always there's always people who go, yeah, that's what's so cool about him. He says what he wants. And it's like, yeah, you know how everyone in his life is horrified by his behavior and wants him to change? Or did you miss right. that part? <laughs> did you miss that whole part? Yeah. Like yeah. everyone can say what they want. It doesn't mean it's free of consequences, you know? Yeah. That's that's the problem with a lot of these TV shows is like the consequences don't feel that real because we turn it on next week and the guy is back in his armchair talking shit. So true. <laughs> so true. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, it's time for your number one song. Are you ready? Okay. Number one. And I want you to know that I'm very torn here between two songs. Okay. You can tell me both. Very, very. T- okay. I'm going to tell you both, but I'm telling you the one that I'm going to lean towards because the first one is a song, and this is just more because of my family. I grew up with a very musical family. My grandfather uh, was uh, a mariachi, you know, he was a mariachi band member. He, he actually uh, created a bunch of mariachi bands like over the decades um and he's now you know he's passed um but i will say he his musical influence was big on me and my family um so there's a spanish a song it's called volver volver like volver volver <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for all the white people listening um and, volver, and me because i was like and, and you, 
yeah. And, and Volver is like to do again, like again and again. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a song by Vicente Fernandez, who's a very popular Spanish singer. And that song is one of those songs that will come on and I instantly like tears in the eye, think about my grandfather, think about my family. My mom, she's the type of person that doesn't, doesn't, says she doesn't like to sing or doesn't sing. But if there is a, a microphone around and a guitar, this is a song. She's like, all right, play me this one. <laughs> and she starts singing. So it's a, you know, it, I mean, it's just one of those classic family songs. Um, I definitely think you should check it out. And, and for anybody who is Hispanic, Mexican, wherever you come from on the Latin side, you know the song. They know it. It is just one of those songs. So that, that one for sure. Um, but the one, number one, is going to be, I don't know if it was a remix or what, but it was in the 90s, and it was The Electric Slide. <laughs> the Electric Slide. I, can, I wasn't expecting it, but I love it. Now, are you talking about the one that goes, you can't hold it? It's electric. Or the other one. There was Electric Slide. Pump. That one. Pump, pump it. That one. With baby. <laughs> yeah. And I don't that know, I guess, because it's been remixed a few times, right? But There's that's several. the song. And let me tell you, I have no dance moves like whatsoever. I am just like, I, I didn't get any of that, but that's the only dance that I think I can still do. <laughs> I think I can still do the electric slide and I'm not very coordinated, but I know I can do it. I know that's the song. That's the one I can still do. And it, I, I always like had aspirations. I know this is kind of crazy, but I always wished that I could be like a good dancer so that I could be like a really legit stripper. <laughs> it's like a weird <laughs> you know because strippers they can make a lot of money right and I was like always like man you could really make some good money doing that when I was struggling like that would have been really helpful but I have no dance moves except for the electric slide so I would have had to have somehow figured out a routine where I could do the electric slide while stripping in a nightclub it just I don't think there's any scenario where that would work if you put your phone on a tripod and get on OnlyFans right now I'm telling you, there is a market for people who want to see you take off one item of clothing every time you like turn. Just line dancing naked line dance. is <laughs> the naked line, line dancer dance would get so uh, many follows. So many followers. All right. Well, you know what? I guess it's never too late. <laughs> so my, dreams, okay. my dreams can come true is what you're saying. <laughs> I've always admired the athleticism of stripping, like a pole work in particular. Like it's, it is, it takes amazing. so much strength and control. I took like one pole class once and I was like, oh, oh, it's all controlling your own body. Like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So. And I have always like just had like this, and I'm not even, it's not even to poke fun. Like I've literally just always admired strippers that are like, that good at it like if you're good you're good and you know you're mm -hmm. good and like coming down the pole upside down like you know I mean I just picture myself like with a concussion like that would never work out my scenario without me like hitting the floor you know head first but if, if the electric slide was a sexy dance boy I, man I would have been so good <laughs> back in the day <laughs> have you ever been to like a black family gathering when the electric slide comes on Yes, yes. I, I, I wouldn't say it gets up. sexy, but it does get elaborate. My favorite thing are the people who do the kick out and then the full drop on both the knees. Drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the drop. 
my and it's so funny because it's like there was this little period in like my mid 20s where like all of my friends from college uh were getting married and so i'd be the only black person at their weddings and then it'd be like this is a perfect song to start the electric slide to and the, the chaos of everyone who was trying to like i was like how do y'all not know this the dance is older than me but like suddenly i was instructing and what yes <laughs> now you're the leader you got to take the lead on this jasmine Yes, and then I'd be I'd get comfortable and think they knew what was going on, and then I'd slide a little dip in it, and then like it just create this like domino effect of people falling over themselves. Like this is not. Listen, y'all stay over there and do level one. This is a modification yeah, yeah. <laughs> for level two electric sliders. <laughs> yes, there are definitely level levels for sure. Of yeah. It was a good song and it reminds me a lot too of my family. Like my family was very big, you know, like I said, we had the grandfather that did the mariachi and the music and stuff, but then you had like this whole other era coming behind them that was just like really into dancing and having like house parties, you know? And so yes. when that song would come out, I just remember all my aunts would get in line. It's like, it was time for the aunties to dance and we're just going to all, you know, get in this, in the line and, and just go for it. So oh, gosh, it's big part the- of my childhood. That is such a, a wonderfully American Southern thing is like these like just these parties and you see like the auntie, the grandma with a baby on their hips still doing the dance and everyone's just it's I I can't I, I hate people who hate line dances. I don't know why some people really don't like it. And I'm like, for some people, it might be the only time they get on the floor. And it's like this this feeling of community. That's just really great. It's literally the only time that I say like I can dance. <laughs> it's, it's a line dance. Like that's when so I'm like. So there's instructions. On my resume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I then I got a really hard question for you. Cupid shuffle versus the wobble. Oh. These are the ones that want to be that they they want to be. I would call these the dueling children of the electric slide. Yeah. Electric slide had a bit had had a set of twins, and they've been fighting for supremacy ever since. Who, I who think do you I'm think is go the with the wobble. I'm going to go with wobble because number one, I think I can do it. So that already <laughs> puts it up. <laughs> that puts it up there, you know? So any, any dance I can do, I'm, I'm going to promote. <laughs> I'm trying to bring back the, the WAP. Remember the WAP? It was like a, Oh, you don't remember the WAP. Oh, and I'm I, anyway, it, it, look it up, Google the WAP and you will see. And that was, like straight up, that was line dance. That was electric side slide. Like that was the time we were doing the WAP. We were doing the cabbage patch. The WAP line dance. No, was it uh, W O P, not W A P? Oh my goodness! You know what? I didn't even think about that. You can't Google WAP now, <laughs> girl. I was like, <laughs> you can't Google it now. Oh my god! No, it was a dance move. W O P. How to do the WAP? Literally, the first video that came up was hip hop dancing. <laughs> How to do the wop. And this oh was gosh. what I was doing in my this childhood. Is... And I just, I'm just saying, like, I think I can still do it. <laughs> that is so interesting. <laughs> I um, I need to, I, I miss the wop, but now I'm very curious about seeing it. And I'm trying to, like, I'm looking at it on YouTube, and there's like a video from this finance bro that I don't feel like watching. So I'm not going to turn it on, but no. I'm yeah, excited to see that. the the WOP WOP. WOP, yeah. Not the WAP. I was like, there's a line. <laughs> I, like, I paused for a second because I was like, you know, Texas was open and I was in LA when WOP came out. So maybe, yeah. maybe there was. You know, maybe that's a dot. That's a wet ass. Get a bucket and a mop. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> overhand clap. Like I'm trying to invent, like I'm trying to choreograph. And then oh clap, clap, yeah, clap. No. shoulders, shoulders, no. shoulders, turn. I totally, yeah, I totally forgot about that whole new WAP thing that happened recently. So yeah, <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> I'm talking about the but one I, the Now I have people. some fun research to do it. There is yes, one that sure. I adore. It's it's more regional in Louisiana. It's called the K-Wang. And you got a K-Wang with it. And it's so complicated. It is one of those ones that like people, <laughs> literally there are people on like Reddit chat chat boards who have talked about like pulling a muscle and like breaking their ankle doing it oh. so it's just not one of those ones you can really pull out at every family gathering it's <laughs> i don't see you it's a little too high stakes there's like too many moves but if Maybe you can like, do it everyone is like impressed but like, like <laughs> 20th wedding anniversary stuff right <laughs> what it is there's a part where you're kicking you're kicking you're kicking and then you just kind of stay on one foot hover and then slide and making that look smooth it's like time stops it's i i highly recommend it y'all if you're not familiar with the k wang it is is from the artist kia the same person who sings my neck my back and it is that's oh, the beauty well, is if you make a line dance song you kind of live forever like the wobble dude like, will forever. you do forever it's true and when they come on like you can't help it again it's like that sense of community you're not alone. You're not going to dance, you know, alone. And, you know, so I, I don't know. I love a good line dance. So I, I'm with you. Let's, let's just, we'll keep promoting them and <laughs> learn some <laughs> new ones, hopefully. You know what? Black people are so embarrassing when it comes to Latino music too, because we only know like two songs, but we think it's our shit. Like it's the one that's like, are they son? <laughs> <laughs> you put that on in front and we're just like, it's always like a, <laughs> It's hilarious. No, for me, it's always like, like when people are like, I love, uh, you know, I love Selena. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, you, you know, and they're like, yeah, uh, that one song, Como La Flor. You know, it's like just, it's one song. You know, one song. You don't love Selena. You know the one song. <laughs> or Bidi Bidi Bam Bam. Like, yes. okay, come on. <laughs> people Everyone people know the hits. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. This has been so fun. That You created such a fun, eclectic playlist we've got we've got musical soundtracks we've got local music we've got top 40 hits we've got hip-hop we've got uh line dancing music just a category i don't even really realize is a category until it <laughs> until i'm doing the copperhead road and i can't help myself so this <laughs> right so i love it this is such a good playlist thank you so much yeah. that was our soundtrack of your life segment veronica thank you thank you thank you okay thank you. last segment this is our question and answer segment. So guys, if you're listening, please, please, please do not hesitate to send me one of your questions. We've got our, um, you're going to see the phone number in the body of the description of the episode. Give us a call. Um, it's 512-something-something-something. Um, that is our number. You can leave us a voicemail uh, unless I pick up and I'm like, what do you want? Um, <laughs> sometimes I forget that's Hang my up. Google voice number. <laughs> so leave me a voicemail if you want to be heard on the show if you're feeling a little shy that's okay send us an email at rhythmandbaypodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at rhythmandbay on twitter so just let us know what you like to hear us ask our guests i love questions that are more open-ended so i've got a question for you first veronica are you a wrestling fan at all um kind of and i'll say that because i grew up watching wrestling like the original era like with the von Erichs and all that fun stuff and then my dad was actually a Mexican wrestler and so I've actually seen 
real proper wrestling. Yeah, my dad was kind of a badass. I, I think that's where I get it from. Um, and that's so badass. So, yeah, so like I I've seen like those like the luchador like the the proper Mexican matches and um and I recently went went to a wrestling match not too long ago here that was like at um, the Statler Hotel which was really odd place venue for it but it worked a little bougie it was that, a lot of yeah fun. yeah 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 so I, I will say yes kind of <laughs> yes kind of so you're familiar with when a wrestler comes out the walk-up music. I think they also do that in boxing. They do that in a lot of other sports. You're familiar with that. So you've got one song to be your walk-up song, Veronica Young. What are you walking up to? Okay. I'm gonna think. What song? Oh, man, this is... While you think on it, I've got my answer because I know the oh, question you do? before I ask them. <laughs> I've got you, my yeah, answer. Yeah, you knew the question, so you had time. Okay, what is yours? I think my song, because I use this a lot as a walk-up song with uh, when I'm performing, is uh, I'm gonna go with Beyonce's Seven Eleven. Uh, it is a really, it's Beyonce's least like, <laughs> as far as writing goes, it's kind of nonsensy, but it's not as nonsense as Run the World Girls. No offense, I just there's something about the repetitiveness of that one bothers me. But that song starts and it's like clap, 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 like you don't care. And it just, it's one of those songs that just builds up in this way that feels like, are you ready? I think that one or Bad Girls by MIA. Like live oh. fast, die young, bad girls do well. It's not really accurate to who I actually am. I'm probably going to live a long time. I drive very slowly. Um, <laughs> I, I let people over all the time. Um, uh, I, I read the health facts on everything. I'm I'm a very cautious, afraid person, but I think my wrestling persona would be a bad bitch that feels like she's good for she's here for a good time, not a long time. So I think <laughs> Bad Girls by MI. Like that's <laughs> that's who I want to be perceived as. Yeah, that that would be my wrestling. Song. I think the Beyonce one's my comedy song because that's more my personality. I, I need yeah. you to clap for me. That's more my personality. <laughs> I, I, I desperately that. need your applause. That's it. But bad girls would be my wrestling persona. If I'm like, yes, die young, live fast. That would be it. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, so like I was thinking, you know, and it's funny, I was thinking of one Beyonce song as well, but I don't know if that would really be it, but I just think it would also be funny. The irreplaceable. <laughs> like, just walking out like, you just don't know about me. I okay, I can see that. Right, like walking out, like whatever. Um, but um, I think I would be more like no doubt, like Gwen Stefani, kind of like that that no doubt era of her, like don't speak, or you know, and just very emo kind of grunge. You know, I'd be like the punk girl that comes out, and, like I might headbutt you, <laughs> just. Um, but do you remember Don't Speak, Don't Speak? I do. It's kind of a sad song. I'm just imagining. It is a sad song. It's, it's about a break. It's so would your character be like the heartbreak kid? Yeah. And you Yeah, heartbreak <laughs> kid. Yeah, she just like hates all men now and like, j yeah, just grungy. I don't know, because I think there's a part of me that always wanted to be like a super punk rock, like, you know girl and and her era was like it spoke to me so i don't know if it would necessarily be that song but very much like no doubt um type of music i can see that i definitely feel like if you were in a crowded arena and don't speak came on people heard that like soft spanish guitar they'd be like 
what is <laughs> but it might be a great tactic it's intention getting it feels right. like that's why i love wrestling i'm starting to really love wrestling because it's like a telenovela like there's so oh. much happening and there's storyline like uh, it's just the melodramatics of it all so you could totally do that but if you wanted to go with like more like the woman's scorn like angry energy but stick with Gwen Stefani. I tell you to come out to ex-girlfriend. Do you remember that song? Oh, yeah. Oh, kind of always yeah, knew that. I didn't have your ex-girlfriend. And it's like, whoa. That's <laughs> a that good one. Kind of that's way. a good one, too. Yeah. Maybe that's that. Maybe that's the one. And then if I if I lose the match, I leave with don't, don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. First of all, I love the forward thinking of having a losing song. <laughs> what am I going to lose to? <laughs> Yeah, we need we need songs to lose to as well. I think you know, grand exit. That is, uh, I'm yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with that. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. I mean, she was so amazing in that era. It's just so edgy and so much. And then then she taught us all how to spell bananas. We like shout out to Queen <laughs> Stefani. She just made a huge yeah. impact. And really even though did. you're married to a Republican with no top lip, I'm oh not really what is that all about. We could do a whole I could do a whole show on what's going on there. <laughs> what, what happened? Speaking of which, we are coming to that time. Tell everyone where they can hear your show. Find about what you're doing. Tell us where we can find more of you. Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much, Jasmine. This has been a lot of fun. And I love your show and I love everything you're doing. Um, and I can't wait to see you in person soon. We'll be traveling and be back in November, but I want to see you. So I will make it a point. Um, as far as where you can find me, I am doing the Veronica Young show. You can catch it live on Deep LM Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time. And if you don't catch it live um which i get a lot of people have a lot going on you can just follow me on um instagram at the veronica young show i'm on spotify same name itunes um if you just google the veronica young show you can find me so i mean it doesn't really take a lot of effort but i feel like sometimes you have to <laughs> direct people exactly where to go so i am on multiple streaming uh sites and i usually post the show right after it goes live um along with the playlist for the bands that you can love and like and follow. So that's what I'm doing. So that is your place to find awesome music out of North Texas and just hear Veronica be Veronica and be awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. I loved having you. I'm so glad we did this. Thank you so much. If you guys are having fun and you're liking the show, please, please, please tell a friend to tell a friend to follow Rhythm and Bay. We are on Twitter.com at Rhythm and Bay Podcast. We're on Facebook at Rhythm and Bay. Keep in mind it's Bay as in B-A-E, like the term of endearment. Uh, also, we're on on, uh, I told you Facebook, Instagram, we're on Instagram as well. And then I'm Jasmine Ellis. You can find me at all the things at Jasmine Ellis Comedy. And I do spell Jasmine J-A-S-M-I-N-E. So don't miss that E. And then Ellis Comedy. Uh, it's also the name of a loyal Sally. Uh, Ellis is also the name of their album. I don't know why. Right. <laughs> oh, I, mm, I'm going to get this to the bottom guy. He's going to be like, why are you telling people? <laughs> we never I mean, even I went think on that should... date. Yeah, we should only, I will only ever introduce it as the album named after Jasmine. <laughs> Look at me starting rumors about my own life. You guys have been awesome. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in. Make sure to give us five stars. It's how people find us. The more, the more reviews we have, the better we do, the better I feel about my choices. So for just the low, low cost of free 99, you can save my life. So please support this podcast. I'm desperate. I'm kidding. Not really. Love you. Really. Thank you guys so much. Keep it smooth. Mm -hmm.